Why I don't normally do things consistently. <laughs> Liam Neeson wants to do improvisational comedy. <laughs> he's with Ricky Gervais. Oh, he's okay. auditioning like for Ricky. He's like, I'd like to try yeah. some. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'd like to try some imp- improvisational comedy. Stand up, character play. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, let's do a scene. All right, we'll do a scene. Uh, you're a hypochondriac and he's a doctor. Knock, knock. Come in. Oh, not you again. We've never met before. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, but you're playing, a, uh, you're playing a, a hypochondriac, so I thought maybe you would have been a... We didn't agree on that before. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Then he goes, all right, why are you here? I've got AIDS. <laughs> and he's like, Stephen Merchant's there and he's going, maybe not the, the funniest thing you could have possibly done. One, two, three, four. Hodgson around to Carey. Hodgson lassoed by Callis. Look at Callis. Look at Callis. And the All Blacks starting quickly. And that's a set. And away goes Kalau. I don't think they are running down. Chips it. Takes it. We have taken the batteries out of Joe's breathalyzer and we are ready to go. This is another episode of Gumnut Sports bringing you everything in Australian sport from the fans' perspective. Now, we have the full team huddled around the Redford table here, ready to deliver you guys your weekly dose of sports news. Now, it's been an interesting week in sport. Things are getting quite heated in the major codes as we look into the finals, and as expected, the Wallabies are stone cold. It was really nice of you to group the Wallabies in with the major codes. I'm sure they appreciate really it. Really not. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it was the sporting event of our weekend. We all crowded down that wasn't at the, the Swans. Dove. The Swans was the sporting event of our weekend, backed up by the Q Clash. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's in denial. We had all huddled around a poorly, poorly... Uh, maintained TV at the Dove and Olive uh, to watch the Bledders flow. <laughs> if you're listening, more screens. Uh, if you are listening, and uh, we watched the Bled, and it definitely taught us some things, didn't it? I, I, it was that that point in my life when I realised that I was the the weird bloke that people were shielding their kids from. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when we, 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 dropped, we dropped the very ball. odd thing. We so, dropped the ball and Bowden Barrett ran away in school. I think Jack and I, we stood up <laughs> and like we were yelling obscenities at the, the screen and the, the punters wa- were not happy. I at one point declared that that is exactly why that New Zealand should not be receiving Medicare, uh, yeah, which is kind which of a sort of no- niche, niche <laughs> sense of humour that I'm known for on this podcast. It's yeah. a niche policy joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's you know it, it means a lot to New Zealanders apparently. Yeah. Fisho, how did how did you take it? You're very quiet over them. Uh, well, you I, observed, you... I'm I'm quiet because as you well know, I missed the game. I was actually at a wedding on Saturday night. Um, congratulations to Sarah and Max who do listen. Thank you. Well, at least someone got their balls across the line. No, that's, that's, I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> no, leave it in. That's no, terrible. It's getting cut. That's terrible. That's so bad. Uh, Sarah and Ryan, you say? Sarah and Max. Sarah and Max. Of course, so. weddings the third major. Sporting code yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so no, no, there, no. It wasn't like the economics ball Joe and I went to a few years ago, where someone had the Bledisloe live streamed on their phone. But it was probably for the best in this case. Be honest, Fisher, you didn't duck out to the toilet, did you? For I an usually I... long poo to watch the <laughs> watch the second yeah, half. He did, but that was because of uh, the lamb curry. No, no, no. Sorry, the reason I ducked out is at one stage. So I turned my phone on airplane mode during the ceremony, so I wouldn't get a buzz, you know, during two people sharing the happiest. Just the nicest man. Um. <laughs> And then I turned it back on later in the evening to realize I had a missed call from Jack, Joe, and also our mate Dan. And I was like, oh, okay, I think something something could have gone wrong. Maybe one of our friends is injured. Going to to see. So I was like, I said to my friends, oh, excuse me, I've just got to go duck out and check something. So I called Dan because he's the most likely to pick up. And I'm like, oh, Dan, hey, sorry, I had missed calls from a lot of you. What's going on? He's like, oh, did you get the beer? <laughs> Of course, <laughs> referencing the Yender ad, to which I don't. I was too, I was too, crea- too frustrated to do it. So I think like it was Alan's just a fuck you and it. hang up. That's so then, good. Oh yeah. Uh, that's great. That's a very good stitch up. So that's my learning for the week. My friends are assholes. So what have you got? I don't think they're assholes. I just think they have a very, very. Yeah. Well attuned. I like to think of ourselves. I think I think we're creative entrepreneurialists. <laughs> I, I just think that that kind of describes us, describes us perfectly. Do you think uh, you're an entrepreneur? I, oh god, <laughs> I'll kill you. Get in the bin. Uh, I'm still on the rugby. I actually learned that uh, I've been right all along, and the TMO is fucked. Now the reason for this is watching that game. I ended that game and I had all the usual mixture of feelings around playing the All Blacks, which is, you know, you're like, fuck, we were terrible. Fuck, they were terrible, but we should have won that. And also there were way too many uh, uh, turnover tries. But what I didn't come away from that game was like with a vendetta against World Rugby, like I usually do, because they've turned off the TMO. So I'm not like single-mindedly focused on 100% accuracy in decisions. Mm. When they turn it off, you just go... Ah, oh, whatever, he missed it. It's fine. Like, Naholo dumped flour in his head. It should have been a red card. Yes. Uh, that was a red card in week four of the Super Rugby. It was disgusting. Yeah, like, like, that was a disgusting. It should have been a red card, but they didn't, get, they didn't take it upstairs. And I was like, oh, that should have been a red card. Great. I'll just, a- I'll just blame the ref on Monday. <laughs> it's great. should be a life ban, if you ask me. New Zealand are the best team in the world. There are three <laughs> brothers in the team. That's a conspiracy. Yes. Said, Only two of them are smoking, though, as we established. I, I would say that, you know, just on the rugby thing as well, we did learn that Bowden Barrett is significantly holding the All Blacks back. Of course. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> it's concerning, yeah. Probably the worst 10 in world rugby at the moment, which is a real fall from grace from the uh, former world rugby player of the year. The twice reigning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, other footy news now. And um, those that uh, cashed in to the big weekend of AFL that was may have noticed that Geelong gave Fremantle an absolute creaming. It was a wallop. It was, it was, it was a clinic, it was I'd a, say. They, they were fandangled. They were. Um, <laughs> Is that another meter that we can create? Like the meter, <laughs> the level of, of how much you've lost the by, yeah. Clinical clinic being what? The, oh, the pinnacle, the, the high yeah, fire danger. Course, yeah. <laughs> um, to Freo kicked three goals, seven behinds for twenty-five. Uh, Geelong kicked twenty-four goals, fourteen behinds for one hundred and fifty-eight. So it's a pretty big margin. But that's not my learning. My learning is that there was a bigger margin with a better story. Um, now it's a feel-good story um, because what happened was um, it was this local football game. With a three hundred point <laughs> winning margin, Oof. right? Oof. That is so, that is this is happening literally a, a cricket yeah. score. This is this is happening a lot. Yeah. So it's Yarra Glen and Thornton, right? 
Um, they're playing on the weekend. And hang Yarra- on, hang on. Um, without any context, we need to bet who was the better team, Yarra Glen oh, yes, or Thornton. Yes, Yarra Glen or Thornton. Uh, Yarra Glen sounds like a housing estate. Thornton won. I was going to say, yeah, Thornton, they sound like a thorn. That's slightly more menacing than a Glen. Uh, Yarra is a river. Teams that live close to rivers usually perform better. Oh, as usual, <laughs> Tom was right. <laughs> no. He's reasoned his way in, into this one. I, that makes no sense. <laughs> as we know, <laughs> teams that had to chase the ball after they kicked it Tim, into the ocean. Teams that live upstream play better. It's hard to invade across a river, haven't you played, Sim? And no, so Yarra, Yarra Thunder went into half time at 200 points. Oh. Oh. Um, took, so took their foot off the pedal. Yeah. Well, to Thornton's one goal. <laughs> but this is the thing. They could have chased the club's record, which was in the high 300s, but instead they came together in a huddle at halftime and they pledged to get every single player on the team to kick a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Like, including the bench, like everyone. So there were cycling so players. So, and the crowd knew what was happening, so it actually became a contest. You got these big fat girls. Can I ask, was this a Yarra Glen or a Thornton home game? Um, I actually don't know. Because um, when the crowd knows what's happening, it's got a very different well, it's vibe. Melbourne, so they just live across the street okay, from each yeah. other anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so what happened was the four players on the team who had yet to kick a goal in three-quarter time had to raise their hands in the huddle to identify themselves <laughs> and their teammates as yeah. the primary attacking targets for the final <laughs> quarter, right? By the final minute, everyone had kicked a goal except for one bloke, one ruckman <laughs> called William, right? So he's deep into um, the, the forward 50, um, and he gets a uh, he gets a mark about forty meters out, right in front, just as the siren sounds. Oh now, God. if he doesn't kick the goal, he has to spin the the club's wheel of punishment, which involves having to like train naked and stuff. So <laughs> there's a there's a reason other than fulfilling the dream of everyone scoring on the team to kick this goal. Anyway, in an act of sportsmanship, a player from the other team ran across the mark. <laughs> <laughs> To give him a shot right in front, and he, and he kicked it. That's and so the good. Scenes, That's the so scenes good. Were absolutely massive. Oh, oh my god! Is that, That's is a that so good or story. so bad? I can't tell. No, but the man That's that ran, fantastic. the man that ran across the mark. That is it's so good. Yeah. That's he, incredible. Yara Glenn finishing with fifty four twenty nine three hundred and fifty three. <laughs> Uh, Thornton, though, better percentage. One goal, no behinds, six. <laughs> can't say they weren't accurate. Correct. <laughs> Wow, what a story. What happened? Well, what was the Ruckman's name? William. William. Well, staying with Ruckman, my learning this week is uh, we're experiencing something very interesting in the AFL. Uh, the Ruckman's resurgence, they're calling it. Um, and for the first time in many years, we might actually have two Ruckman named in the All-Australian side. Ooh. So it has become kind of tradition that you only uh, nominate one ruckman in the Australian side. But how? He'll get tired if he's always doing the well, rucks. Well, they never actually, the all Australian side never actually plays anyone. So they don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah, things like, like being practical. Um, isn't it just a team entirely made up of midfielders? No, 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 no. It is forward, forward mid back, but okay. you like the midfielders do obviously get quite a bit of a run at it. Um, so, really interestingly, they are predicting that there will be two Ruckman in the team this year with Max Gorn from Melbourne oh, Big and Grundy from Collingwood. Oh. Um, really interesting. And they are... The son of Reg, yeah. They are flying the flag for the mobile tall that can not only do hitouts to advantage but also be good below his knees. I was just thinking about this. It's been a while since we heard about, like, the really, really dominant 
midfielder in the vein of when Gary Ablett was racking up 50 possessions a game for Gold Coast. Uh, it was probably Dusty last year. But, yeah. like... If it, See, like, you know what the problem is? The midfielder of old is the mid-forward of the present. Yeah, the, well, but this is, where, this is where I was like, it feels like the types of players who are, who are dominating are way... Who, they play further forward. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, Because usually now your best player needs to play a bit of forward and a bit of midfield. Yeah, like, like Paddy's Paddock last like year. Like Paddy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Like Dusty. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, Fife does it a little bit. Uh, Cripps does it a little bit. Um, but All you know... Right. CEO, no, he's just he's a small ch- forward. Oh, okay, um, but Tim, you know dude, who? Come on, you know podcast. you know who? If if the game doesn't change significantly significantly over the next couple of years, you know who the next star player is going to be? Isaac Heaney. No, the rebounding John halfback. Lee? Oh, the rebounding halfback. What 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 do you mean by the rebounding halfback? Oh, so, this is the player that leads the switch, right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. pretty much. Yeah. So pretty much the player. See, I did know something. <laughs> Jokes on you. The player who has the run and dash out of your defensive. Okay, so so the, can I just imagine? So the opposition have kicked it. Your fullback's like taking an intercept mark. Yep. And they'll quickly kick it out to the halfback who gets it going. Yes. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the first kick; it's yeah. the second kick, and that's becoming the hardest kick in uh, football. Who is it for Richmond? Um, Alex Rance does it a little bit. Because that's why they're so satisfying to watch. Yep. Alex yeah. Rance does it a little bit. Is, is but they also have lots of decent, decent halfbacks. Basha yeah. Hooley does it quite yeah. a lot. Is, who's it for Sydney? Is it Heaney for Sydney? No, it's Lloyd. Oh, Lloyd. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> um, but um, heaps of people like McGovern in West Coast. It's becoming a real thing. Do so any these people exist? These names sound strange. <laughs> yes, Lloyd. they are real people. Lloyd and Yo. Oh, Yo's another good halfback. Yo. I'm Nick Cummins. Some call me the Honey Badger. And I'm the Flamin' Bachelor. I am. I'm the, I'm the Bachelor. Get ready for the most unusual Bachelor ever. You're nervous, aren't you? Oh, mate, you got that 25 good swords charging out here with a purpose. Tell you what, I'm pretty lucky. The Bachelor premieres Wednesday, August 15. Channel 10 are doing a obvious and blatant job at the moment of trying to bring in sports fans with their reality TV programming. Case in point, Nick the Honey Badger Cummins as this year's Bachelor. And you know what? We think it's a fantastic idea. We do. We Genius. Look Genius. At him, look at his hair. You got the blokes watching it because Nick Cummins, he's funny. He rhymes things occasionally, which can be quite amusing. <laughs> Talks about meat pies, which, Birds, which is a big heavy tip. strine, heavy, heavy. But then you also have the traditional bachelor format, which appeals more to women. It's just the demographics, guys. Helicopters. It's just the demographics. Heli- I don't know what that means. Outdoors. Yeah. So we're going to give Channel Ten a few more ideas to continue on this great selection of bachelors by providing them with a few additional sporting candidates. Now, I will be playing the role of Channel 10 executive because I've had a hard day at work and I haven't been able to prep for this assignment. However, I do feel that I am the most prepared of all of us to play the role of obnoxious media executive. So, boys, begin your pitches, starting with Joe. Okay, so (laughs) the first man off the man rank is our very own Nick Kyrgios. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Yes, good. That's good. The perfect bachelor, single as a slice of cheese. <laughs> yeah, comes, you know you love it. Comes in his own package. The big curious, <laughs> the big cockinacus fucking missile. Love it. 
Um, sorry, I'm on the red records. Um, <laughs> now, why would Nick Kyrgios make a great bachelor? Well, if this season is anything to go by, and last season actually with old Sophie Monk, um, the Australian audience is liking uh, reality TV shows that are a bit more self-aware. Bachelors and bachelorettes that speak their mind, right, and don't fuck around. And that's something Nick does, right? Yeah, he's explosive, but he, um, he speaks his mind. And so what you won't get is the cameras continuing to capture every flaccid detail of awkward dates because he'll just tank the date <laughs> and go back inside and wait for the next girl. And that's exactly what we want. Um, other great things about Nick, obviously, he has a great physique, um, you know, has a uh, interesting background. So all Solid of, haircut. Exactly. All of the before shots, um, you know, of, of how he got here, his journey will be very interesting. Yep. Um, and girls really, really will not know what they're in for. So it should make for some great TV. Now, what kind of girls would we cast for The Bachelor? Who should we screen for? Yeah. Now, number one... Um, the ideal candidate must be good at public relations. Must be good at managing this. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, very, yeah, very fair. Yeah. That's very true. You know, they're going to be asked awkward questions post post blow ups, post sexual uh, gestures at umpires from yep. Mister Kyrgios, um, and they're going to have to step into the ring occasionally. But we to, need um, to be good in the box as well. Correct, correct in the in the players' box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so they need to be able to stand their ground as well because Nick actually responds to power. So you're going to need someone with strong elbows. How do you know if they've got strong elbows? Just check on the first date when they – not in the date, the first episode where they walk up the path. Oh, my God. He and just the, needs and to and hold the, like the, the elbows. Handshake. Yeah. Correct. Just hold the elbows. Grip the weenus. That leads me to my second screening point, which is they must be able to return 129 mile per hour serves. Very, very Okay, important. I think you've, I feel like you've just limited yourself a smidge there. Not at all. <laughs> How hard can it be? It's just Alicia Mollick. There's one person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How can we get how can we get forty eight episodes out of just Alicia Mollick being on the show? <laughs> you just gotta return it. So they're the kind of girls. So obviously someone athletic, but got a good brain, good for the PR kind of stuff. Um, and it'd be good also to get someone with an ethnic family, I think, because you oh. know when you get weddings where there's kind of two ethnic families mm. and it all starts blowing up, that is the kind of episode we want. <laughs> So, so you're saying we're doing my big fat Greek yes, wedding? Yes. Or what is it? Meet the meet the Habibs? What is it? Oh uh, yeah, with the jet the with the Habibs. jet ski. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, in terms of dates, um, my first date idea is that you have to play doubles with Osha. So it's just Nick, <laughs> but he's versing Osha and the con- the contestant. Of course, right? Um, because I think part of the chemistry of the the Bachelor is how well you do get on with the Osh dog, because he's the one that does the rose ceremony maths. So you want to be on the right side of that. Um, the second date idea is um, is called imitating serving styles, which is something Nick Kyrgios uh, did yes. at the uh, I think it was the Atlantic Open, yep. Atlanta Open rather. He did Gail Monfils, he did um, the Fed, um, but I think you get bonus points if you hold the point as well. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, the other contestants have to be ball girls, by the way. <laughs> You do get immunity from being a ball girl, though, if you pass one of the previous days. Oh, my God. Instead of roses, does he just throw her a Dunlop? <laughs> there are only five the tennis <laughs> balls remaining, and yet there are six girls. That means one girl will not get a tennis ball. But what happens if Who, you fuck up on a date? Do you get a second serve? Oh, ah, that's a good idea. Good. Although you only play two sets, so you don't have much time. Do you, do you call like? Do you actually initially start with 128 girls and half get eliminated? So you go to the round of 64, yes. then the round of 32, then the quarters, semis, and final. 
What if what if the girls actually versed each other? So you had to pick one, like in a in a matchup. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, Bill. Because then the betting markets get better as well. Yeah. Um, last date is hometown week. And for this date, you have to go to Nick's hometown of Canberra and in the hardest challenge of Christ. all, you have to create an itinerary of things to do for the whole day in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Questacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're only allowed to go on the slide at Questacon twice. <laughs> uh, and so I think that'll make for a good, a good season. Um, I mean, I don't know how many girls we are going to get. Obviously, the, the screening, like you pointed out, is quite mm. tough. But I think Nick Kyrgios would make a fantastic bachelor. Give me a crack. Okay. Okay, so some feedback here. Mm. Look, I like what you've done demographically. I feel like it, it appeals very nicely. I'm starting to think that, you know what, Channel 10 has a really tough time. Now it doesn't have the cricket in early January. doesn't really compete. So maybe we could schedule it alongside the Australian Open. Yeah, or maybe Gilly and Howie are in the bachelor house. <laughs> Somehow, as intruders. Yeah. <laughs> However, I, w- I do worry about the kind of language that's going to be used because mm. the Bachelor does air in a seven thirty time slot. So Duff. without without fucks, um, you know, j- just how much of it is really going to be audible? Well, a lot of it is actually just gestures, <laughs> which are I mean, easy enough to um, um, to, to to blur out or obscure by plant pots because. This show is not live. Yeah. And, and a follow-up, is uh, Kokonakis' Miso going to be involved? <laughs> oh, I think she may be an intruder. <laughs> Paid actor. Okay, very good. Moving along. All right, I'm actually, I've gone slightly off book and I've actually picked a bachelorette rather than a bachelor. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Oh, okay. Now, I'm going to direct these questions mainly to Joe, who on an educated guess I think is the biggest fan of the bachelor and bachelorette out of this group. Um, what, so, what, what gave it away? Uh, you telling me that you've watched it before? Uh, yes, that's sure. a good one. Anyway, how do you... No- Joe, can you inform us how they normally pick the next Bachelorette for a season? Uh, who's got the most Instagram followers? Okay, I thought you'd say something different there. I thought... They, <laughs> they generally... Joe, that, that never works for you. <laughs> the number of times you've gone, hey, Joe, here's a question, and then Joe responds, and you're like, oh, I thought you'd say something different. All right. <laughs> when does he ever say what you think he'll say? Something they often do is if someone has recently had their heart broken, often oh, on The Bachelor, yeah, yeah, but yeah, a different gotcha, way, gotcha. Yeah, they bring yeah, them on right. Net Bachelorette. Who in uh, which Australian sportswoman has recently very publicly had her heart broken? Oh, that's Swimmer. Emily yes, Seabom. Swimmer, Emily oh. Seabom, right there. She's just gone through a very public um, <laughs> split from her boyfriend, who's also a backstroker, Mitch Larkin. He was caught backstroking another woman. He was, and she was then uh, banned from the Australian swimming camp in Cairns. Torpedoed. Hang on, exactly. why was she banned? I'm not entirely sure. It's it's not very clear Can from the news. Banned doc- for having a breakup. I don't. They said to keep them separate. I don't know. She was warned to stay away from the Aussie swim camp after the affair. Jesus Christ. Uh, which may have been why she had a uh, quite up and down performance at the Pan Pacific Swimming Championships in Tokyo because this week. Because of course, if you're going up and down, you're, you're not, not going forward. <laughs> you're not going fast enough. Exactly. If you're just going up and physics brought to you by Joe. <laughs> Anyway, so I think she's, uh, it's the right time. She could do with a breakaway from swimming. What other way to have a nice break other than in the bachelor slash bachelorette mansion up around the central coast? Is that uh, where it is? Yeah, yeah. It's up like upper North Shore. Right. Yeah. Very upper North Shore. Very, upper, very North Shore. There's a pool at the mansion. Oh, so she can, she can do some sea bombs. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> This edit's going to be so bad. And give his lay off the, like, easy ammunition. 
And C-bomb. She'll be back. Hopefully, this will be all done and dusted, and she'll be back in time for Tokyo 2020. So perfect in the calendar. For suggested dates, I've thought having her dates call her swimming races like Ray Warren, given he's now oh, retiring. That's quite good. Um, and the only other requirement is all dates have to take place at 8 a.m. just after she's finished swimming training. Yep, nice. Uh, and finally, for what she's boys... Done to- 10 laps of the pool and it's eight <laughs> metres long. I was just practising my tumble turns. Yes, exactly. Um, and the only, the only people we'll bring in are doctors, paramedics and nurses because as uh, people who can deal with a choke after we saw her perform <laughs> in Rio. Oh, oh. oh, you saved it. That's yes. brilliant. That's good. Um, yes, Emily Seabomb for the next Bachelorette. Mm, interesting. Interesting, Fisher. How much of uh, this show do you think is going to take place in the water as opposed to out of the water? Look, it will be much more aquatic-based than the yeah. normal Bachelors. But, I mean, if you look at a lot of the dates in The Bachelor, they're always going out on boats or, according to last week, being winched into, like, a lake or something. Water is com- a common feature in The Bachelor. It's one of the girls jumped in the pool for no apparent reason last episode. I just got this really great image of like people, that, there's the couple, the happy couple standing on the edge of like some of, of, of water and then Osher just emerges from the water <laughs> in full scuba gear to give them instructions. You know what I would like? I would like if Basil Zemplis just does the commentary for the whole thing. Just I- over the top. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? And lastly... In yes. the rose ceremony, what are we using in place of roses? For Nick Kyrgios, it was tennis balls. What is it for Emily Seabon? Zogs. Oh, no, pool noodles. Swimming caps. No, pool noodles. <laughs> Medals. <laughs> no, they're not enough of them. Use DTs. <laughs> oh, gross. Okay, Jack, your turn now. Go. Tom, Tom, for me, The Bachelor has become sanitised in the way that Big Brother was sanitised in 2004 when Trevor, the nice guy, won. So my proposal is to add some of that spice, some of that fire back. I want to let the producers let Nick Cummins bang whoever he wants on national television. I want an MA rating. I want to recapture Channel 10's traditional audience of 24 to 35 or whatever the fuck it is who are really interested in watching people with good sexual chemistry. So I've gone (laughs) for a very controversial candidate. Wayne Carey split up with his partner of five years... Uh, exactly uh, two years and two weeks ago. And given the old stud is apparently struggling to find a route, accordingly, he's got to have a place on Gumnut's Bachelor story. So the first question is, who comes on The Bachelor with Wayne Carey? Because he loves all women. But the answer is obvious, and it's current partners of North Melbourne kangaroos. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Savage. So there, are, you know, there, there's about 25 girls on The Bachelor, 22 girls in a football team plus squad, so I reckon we can probably do it and have some spares for intruders <laughs> as and when required. Would you go as far as the twos? The twos. Oh, well, look, you could, but, like, let's be real. If you're in the twos, you're not, you're not going to be dating up, are you? Surely, Maybe. come on. Uh, things, are, things are pretty slim at Arden Street. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so North Melbourne current partners. And then uh, what we then go into is the, uh, the details of the dates. And the first one is meet the boyfriend, a highly specific, difficult task where you must bring Wayne to meet your boyfriend without dis- uh, while disguising the fact that you are currently on The Bachelor with him. Oh, <laughs> uh, interesting. Which is kind of challenging. This There's, is Wayne. We you, just met on a wilderness hike. So you must convince him that Wayne say- Carey is actually a nice, trustworthy man. <laughs> Do you just say it's MasterChef or something? I'm not sure. Like, I just like that. But That's this is a challenge. I want to throw it open you know what i mean uh the next one we have is uh, wayne carey obviously well known for uh, pulling out of a uh, 
an important motivational speech to some criminals at a prison after refusing to undergo, undergo a strip search. So uh, in the vein of uh, uh, the photo shoot that happened with Nick Cummins the other day, you have to do a strip search with Wayne uh, and any drugs that are found gain extra points. Lastly, we have the team barbecue. And this is a spicy group date, all invited, and Wayne's mission is to score a route in full view. <laughs> is that a set shot? <laughs> this, is, this is literally the Wayne Carey cheating on his wife story. In full view. Yes. Was it actually in full view? It was no, in the they, bathroom, but they the didn't look the door. Oh, it was a cheeky toilet action. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was Aaron bad. Smith. It was not good. So anyway, yeah, that's why, that's why <laughs> well, Jerry, I told you it was mean-spirited. At the rose ceremony. Yes. What he, are we giving away instead of roses? Condoms. Drop punts. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know how it works, but I like it. Will you accept this drop punt? Yeah, exactly. You have to. If you don't take the mark, you're eliminated. Tiny little, tiny little statues of Anthony Stevenson. That'd be good too. Uh, Controversial. Look, here's my opinion as a media executive. I can't imagine a human alive who wants to watch that show. <laughs> what? Joe? Nick Kyrgios is the next Bachelor. We're yes. on. Yes. Fucking told you what I could do, you, do it. What do you mean you don't want to watch the team, Buck? <laughs> you went really dark with that. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, boys, it's mean-spirited. <laughs> Gumnut of the week. Who is the biggest spatula <laughs> on the bachelor? <laughs> this is Gumnut of the week, uh, and that rhyme is brought to you by RhymeZone.com. Our new answer to the intro to this segment every week. Now, okay, Gumnut of the week time is when we bring you funny things that have happened in the world of sport. Some gumnuttery of the highest order is on the bill. What are we rock and rolling with here, ladies and gentlemen? I'll, uh, I'll kick off and to redeem myself from my absolute shocking bachelor idea, apparently really probably needed to test what that one outside the vacuum. Uh, I've got a shocker from the Serie A in Italy. Um, some fans of Lazio, the, uh, the famed team, their fan club name is, is um, Ultra. Now, members of Ultra in the lead up to a game this week have basically done a letterbox drop, but on all of the seats from the 10th row down to the first row. And uh, it's a bit of an own goal, this one. They've attempted to ban women from sitting in the front 10 rows. Because um, uh, the front 10 rows is meant to be experienced like the trenches. In the trenches, we don't allow women, wives and girlfriends. That's a fucking shocker. Uh, Lazio is gum nut of the week. Yeah. That's very bad. That's, that's yeah, so I thought bad. Italians Good. really liked chicks. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Except like, when they're at the football? I don't... That's well, a if, if, the, if there's such thing as an Italian men's rights activist who is like, why don't women like me? That's probably why. Yeah. Probably all the people that voted for Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> Sex pest of Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got one for you. My gum nut of the week is Arsenal legend Lee Dixon, right? who was forced into issuing a grovelling apology on live US television after saying the word fag. <laughs> so the, It's not funny. <laughs> well, it, it is because <laughs> the former defender was talking about Chelsea's chain-smoking boss, Maurizio Sarri, uh, following the Blues' 3-2 win over the Gunners. And uh, basically he said the Italian boss might need a fag to calm his nerves. 
and kind of the US commentators kind of you know raised their eyebrows and they started oh, okay. getting getting tweets in. Uh, saying, why are you using this homophobic slur? Why does the boss of the football team need a gay man? I don't understand. And so he had to explain that... um, (laughs) No, explain Maurizio Sarri is a chain smoker and we used a British term for a cigarette. It's very familiar in the UK and sometimes these things are uh, lost in translation. So for using uh, fag when he should have used durry... (laughs) <laughs> or, or Dart Or yeah. Dart, it's uh, Lee Dixon mm. Very interesting Look, I'll uh, carry on now um, Golf Meant to be a civilised game Meant to be a game played by gentlemen However, something obscene happened in Massachusetts this week A man who was playing a round of golf at a Massachusetts golf club A 57-year-old man, no less Had his finger Bitten off at the knuckle by oh. another golfer. Oh, beef, beef. Is that a bogey? Oops. Would you call that a bogey? That no, that's a, a that's double bogey. A, that's a double bogey. Fuck. Straight up. Um, oh, apparently, what Christ. happened is uh, so two lots of people teeing off just got into a brawl. I don't know how this even happens. Oh, it's when it someone like, slow. It's you know when you're playing mini golf. Yeah, and and somebody was probably playing up. slow and they were giving them shit or whatever. But how does it? How does a game of golf, of all things, rise to the level of a limb being bitten off? I think the Limbs person that much. I think the fact that their finger got bitten off, like if you got your mm, finger bitten agree. off, you're an idiot for not clenching your fucking fist. Agree. Like how do you like just oh, do that? So it was the man's fault for having a finger. I'm victim blaming him. He ducked his head. <laughs> he did not duck his head. But for ruining the game of golf, whoever bit this man's finger off. For, golf, ma- for ruining golf. the brand of golf. Golf was already pretty bad, so. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe, if, actually, if anything, maybe this gives golf a hard edge. Mm. That it's been lacking. Fisho, please, please dry <laughs> our sail. All right, all right. It's I'm going to bring us back. Now, I need to talk about Ben Hunt. So, he's having a rough few weeks. Um, a cu- couple of weeks ago, uh, the Dragons were playing uh, soon-to-be Spooners, the Eels. Ben Hunt, uh, zero runs, zero meters in the 40 to four loss by the Dragons, which really dented their top four hopes. Then this weekend, he's coming against the Tigers looking to bounce back. He's had a try disallowed. He's kicked the ball out of the full. He's dropped a kickoff from the same spot no. as the Brisbane one. And he's gotten himself sin binned. When will he learn? When will he learn? But. So I'm not picking him as Gumnav of the Week. No, I'm picking someone who quite confidently earlier in the season predicted that he would be an absolute star of the week. What are investment strategies when it comes to the uh, NRL? Okay. Uh, my, my first is the ticker BHT. That is Ben Hunt. He is a buy. <laughs> it's a yeah. self-nom. Yeah, that, that's a self-nom. <laughs> I thought he was going to be rumbling Tom. I was like, that's too. No, but then as soon as he said NRL prediction, I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't have those. I, I, very, and I, also, I very confidently asserted that this would be his year, which in my defense, it looked like it up until the origin period when he had a shocker in game two and got himself dropped. But Fisher, is it a Sean Marsh buy low? Well, dollar cost averaging. No, I bought Jared Hay. No, <laughs> I, think, I think I bought high and I'm still holding it. He's plummeted. I, I think I've gone... It's the Tesla strategy. Stay in. 
Hold anyway, on for dear life. Tesla's still going up. Anyway, for for an excellent reason, for an excellent example of why I didn't go into finance, I'm nominating myself for Gumnut of the Week. Mm, very Ooh. interesting. It's bold. It's yes. bold. The, self, the self nom. Is this week like nowhere near as potent? As no, this week sucks. <laughs> <laughs> was it last week or the week before we had like last week was just the board? excellent. Yeah. Last week was last week had two clear winners. The week before, I think all three of us bought strong winners because yeah. Jack wasn't here. Yeah. Mm, interesting. All right, who is the least worst scum nut? I'm really not amping this up enough. <laughs> um, recap. Oh, yeah, we had, we had in the, order. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, La- the, Lazio Ultra Lazio, for, try, oh. for trying to ban women. Banning women. Hey, that's what's People want to ban women. Banning Someone women. said fag on bag. national TV. But Abyssin, can we catch with fag? <laughs> Cigarette. By, biting somebody's <laughs> finger off on a golf course. And making a wrong prediction. Look, when you say it like that, it sounds funny. <laughs> Um, oh, I suppose I, I have to go first. Uh, I like the man that said fag on national TV. Yeah, so do I. I'm I, I think, yeah, I think that's the winner here. I'm going to go. Yeah. That. Oh, okay. That's do, you guys, do you guys? Do you guys remember? It's more the, gum nutty. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember the lollies that used to be called fags and then yeah, they changed yeah, them to fads? fads. Yeah. Yeah. Still Were they initially okay? fags? Yeah. yeah, I only knew them as fads. Literally, lolly cigarettes. Mm. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, join us next week for another episode of Gumnut Sports. Uh, we are getting very, very close to the pointy end of the season, and we are the one podcast you need to be listening to to stay across all the details. Follow, like, send us a tweet. Do we have a Twitter? No. No. Should we, should we make one? Send me a tweet if you want to read my mix of advertising and classical liberal politics posts. <laughs> It's not compelling. My follower count is low. (laughs) Don't do it. Bye. Do you ask them to subscribe?